For more resources, visit rym.org. The Local Youth Worker is a daily podcast that's centered on five questions each week. Ranging from the practical to the professional, we're looking for answers to the questions you're asking. Whether you're in full-time, part-time, or even volunteer youth ministry, this podcast is for you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Local Youth Worker, a daily podcast brought to you by Reformed Youth Ministries. I'm your host, John Pirrett. All this week, we'll be talking to Joe Deegan. Joe, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me, John. Yeah. Uh, for those who listen to the show consistently, Joe was one of our earliest uh, guests that we had on. Um, I've got to go back. I should have done that before we, we started this, but uh, I'll go back and uh, try to see which episodes those were. Uh, Joe serves as RYM's Music Resources Coordinator. And for the record, we both had to go online to, to check that title just to make sure we were right. Um, but but it, what was interesting, when when I first interviewed Joe, uh, he was not on staff with RYM. Um, mm-hmm. Since then, he has uh, come on staff with us. And just to make note, the music you heard in the background as this podcast began is a song that Joe uh, wrote, and it is entitled The Wedding Feast, and it is on his album title and cover page. Cover and title page. I'm sorry, I completely messed that up. Um, Cover and title page, which is uh, what at iTunes, people can purchase it. Any other Mm -hmm. ways that they can check that out, Joe? iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, just all the normal places you would find music, basically. Yeah, Yeah, and YouTube as well. I I know it's- Yeah, YouTube, yeah. You can check it out there. Um, but yeah, so many people have gotten used to that that song as it comes in. If you listen to the podcast every week, that's the song as, as we come in, as it uh, as we at the outro as well. Uh, so anyway, that's an awesome song. You need to check it out and purchase that. Uh, Joe, um, he has an album that he's going to be releasing uh, through uh, RYM Worship, and we're going to talk about a little bit of that this week. Uh, but we thought it'd be good to... Uh, start off just you sharing your story about ministry, how you got into the ministry, and then kind of how you transitioned into the music world. But before we get into that, just tell us a little bit about you, your family, where you live, where you grew up, all that stuff. Yeah. Well, I live in Houston, and I, I've been in Houston for nine and a half years now. And uh, I'm married to my wife, Leah. Leah is also from Houston. And uh, was a second grade teacher when I met her. She is now home with our kids, but we have three kids. Uh, Ellie is almost five. Sam is three and a half, and Will is almost two. And uh, they are all lots of fun and lots of energy and <laughs> lots of exhaustion at night. Yeah. Yeah, and we got to Joe and I got to spend some time this summer at RYM's uh, summer conferences. Uh, you did how many total conferences? Uh, six. Yeah, okay. all. Or I think there was one more the the Midwest that I didn't do, but I did the other six. Yeah, and three of those were with your family. Is that right? Uh, yeah, we did the whole family at Texas, and my wife and I got to go to Colorado because her parents watched the kids and then we did the first two weeks in Florida with the whole family. Yeah. 
Yeah. So anyway, it was, it was great getting our, our families to hang out, but, um, and obviously fun, but insane at the same time, yeah. uh, trying to do youth conferences and especially Joe was often leading worship in the mornings and evening and teaching two electives. Uh, so, um, anyway, you had a lot on your plate. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, let, let's get started just hearing a little bit more about you, uh, where, how you got into ministry initially. Uh, and then as you're, you know, serving in student ministry, for a time how did you start transitioning into to music yeah so i'm from alabama originally grew up in a small town in the muscle shoals area and muscle shoals is very famous for its music scene and so i was always just kind of surrounded by music but never really um never thought that much about it it was just kind of something that was there and i started playing guitar and piano when I was 15 and I would lead worship at, uh, at my church and for youth events and things, but it was just something I did on the side, uh, just kind of a hobby. I went to college at the university of North Alabama and I was an English major, uh, an education major. So I thought I was going to come out and, uh, be a teacher and a coach. Both my parents. Let me just jump in and say he had a basketball scholarship. So he played basketball in college. He probably doesn't want to say that about himself, but I'm going to say it. So just go ahead and interrupt him. Well, my dad, basketball was always big in in our family. My dad was my high school basketball coach. And um, my mom likes to joke that she was my first basketball coach, though, in like second grade rec league ball. But um, but anyway, yeah, so I I thought I was going to be a teacher and a coach. Right when I graduated college, my best friend growing up, John Trapp, had gotten a job as the youth director at Christ the King Presbyterian in Houston, and he convinced me to come out and do a summer internship with him. Uh, Like I said, that was nine and a half years ago, and I'm still in Houston. So (laughs) something happened along the way that made me stay. Uh, A lot of it had to do with a girl named Leah. But um, but anyway, I, I, I came on board with this summer internship, and I loved it and love the families and the students. And I love getting to work with John. It was so much fun. And so I just kept doing it. And uh, I ended up working with John for four and a half years. And then he left to finish seminary in Austin. And John's now the RUF pastor at Texas. And so when he left, I became the director and did that for two and a half years. So for seven years total, uh, I was there working with a youth group and it was actually great to to see the little sixth graders that were there at the very beginning when I started I got to see them graduate and uh and so we all kind of went out at the same time but yeah so I did that for seven years and loved it uh part of my job when I when I came on was to develop uh, a worship team with the students and we had some really good musicians in the youth group who wanted to help lead worship at our Sunday school and so I was kind of tasked with, um, with working with them and practicing and, um, and getting them ready to, to help lead on Sunday mornings. And I didn't realize, I don't think how beneficial that was to me musically, because it gave me uh, an excuse to practice and play every single week. And at the time, again, like music was just kind of a hobby for me. It was something I loved, but I was never really pursuing it but playing week in and week out like that uh, was a lot more beneficial to me than, than I really thought it would be. 
And so I, uh, I just kept kind of growing this love for music and for playing and singing. And I would uh, sing for our church every now and then. And I started writing a little bit. And, and suddenly this, I kind of had this gnawing inside of me to want to, to do more of that, but I didn't really know what it would look like. And, um, finally, uh, after doing youth ministry for seven years, uh, and after praying and talking with my wife about it a lot, we decided that if I was really feeling a calling towards music, that I needed to uh, go out and pursue it. And so I quit my job and decided to be a singer songwriter, not really knowing what that was going to look like at all. And, um, and I had to learn a lot along the way, a lot through <laughs> failures. I picked up little part-time jobs here and there. I would do house concerts uh, with families that I knew and they would invite their friends over and I would play my music and tell stories. And uh, I got to write and record and be in the studio some. So I just did a little bit of all that. I would lead worship at conferences and, um, and, uh, and I just kind of learned bit by bit uh, about the music industry and, um, and where I could fit in there. And, uh, I learned how hard this industry mm. is along the way. It's really, really difficult. Mm. And, uh, but at the same time, really rewarding because I think I figured out more and more as I did this, that this really is what I felt called to do. and mm. really is what I think God wants me to do. But for the longest time, I just couldn't figure out exactly where I needed to fit into that scene and, and exactly how I needed to use my gifts for the kingdom and for my community. And so th it was a couple years of just really kind of struggling to figure everything out, but God provided for us and we just kind of kept pushing through uh, until we got to uh, where we are now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wanted to go back a second on something you said and I'm, I, hope I'm not putting you on the spot too much. When you yeah. talked about developing a youth worship team. Yeah. I know talking to many youth workers, uh, the, the worship team can be a big headache. Um, for yeah. me. Um, can you give any advice uh, to youth workers out there listening? Uh, maybe some, you know, three bullet points or some <clears throat> ideas, thoughts, uh, things that you've learned from uh, mistakes uh, failures as well as encouragements uh, and just yeah, developing a youth worship team. What's some advice you would have for those out there? Well, first off, for anyone out there who would like to talk to me about that, please feel free to email me because that is kind of part of my job. I actually had a, <laughs> a youth pastor uh, uh, call me um, or no, he, he emailed me uh, a while back and said, Hey, I want to talk to you about uh, a worship team with my youth group. And, um, get you to kind of give me some ideas. And he said, and you have to call me back. You can't blow it off because this is part of your job now. I said, <laughs> <laughs> I said you're right. It is part of my job uh, that I would blow off your call. But anyway, we talked about it and I, you know, I, I'm, I, I learned a lot through just experience. That's I think the way most anyone would learn these types of things. I don't think there's a handbook of how to lead a worship team with your youth group. And so, uh, I would be glad to talk to anybody about that. But I think off off the cuff, I would say a couple things to keep in mind. Number one is, and this may be more like for the students who are actually playing, but 
number one is don't be afraid to sound good. And I know that may sound like a weird thing to say, but I think that there's, there might be a little bit of a pushback in our culture of, in the Christian culture of, uh, we want to be so careful not to turn worship into a performance. And I get that. But I think that uh, sometimes we end up like sacrificing quality and saying that like, Oh, we want this to be so minimalized that we don't want it um, to sound too good. And I, and I would say, don't be afraid to, to practice and make it sound good because I think God cares about excellence. And I think we see that in scriptures that, you know, over and over again, the Psalms say, play, uh, play the instruments skillfully and, and bring in all this music and sound and make these great arrangements. And, and I think that's something God cares about. So don't be afraid to sound good. And the other thing I would say is don't be afraid to sound bad <laughs> because uh, <clears throat> I know that there are going to be a lot of students who want to come in and help and maybe they haven't been playing guitar or piano or violin or whatever very long, but they want to be a part of it and they want to help. And I would say throw them in the deep end and let them go and yeah, practice and really work and try to try to get them to, to get better and grow. But at the same time, I think it's, it's okay to be okay with music that you may not be radio quality or whatever, like, but just to have students up there who want to serve and share their gifts is such an important thing. And so big, even for that youth group to see their friends and their peers up there leading that way. Um, so don't be afraid to sound good. Don't be afraid to sound bad. Hmm. I think of the two things I would think of off the cuff. Yeah, that, that's good. And, and kind of a follow up too, because, um, <clears throat> well, well, I guess a comment first, is I know a guy who leads worship uh, for, you know, a congregation Sunday mornings and him telling me, look, he kind of got his quote unquote start in youth group and he mm. was terrible. He's, I mean, his words and he struggled and he messed up a lot, but he said it was there where he learned, you know, how to lead worship. And now he's doing it, you know, for a congregation Sunday morning. Yeah. So, um, that's just an encouragement. That's how I started. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so that, that's, yeah, great to, to hear that. And, and so maybe, something for the youth workers. Uh, if you do have those students who are messing up, they're, you know, playing the wrong chords, they stop mid song and have to start over or, or those mistakes. Should, should they, should they make a statement in front of the entire youth group of, Hey guys, let's be encouraging to the group. Let's, uh, you know, it's intimidating for, for these students to stand up in front of their peers and lead some advice on how can a youth worker kind of coach their students when, when they're leading or making those statements, maybe just, I know we're about to, to wrap this, this up, but yeah, some thoughts there. I mean, I think, uh, I think one of the most important things that a youth pastor could do in that situation would be to make themselves the butt of their own joke uh, to, to show the students that they're willing uh, to be vulnerable. They're willing to not be perfect in front of their own youth group. And any, anytime a youth pastor is able to really develop that kind of culture in the youth group, then it, it frees the students up to not be perfect hmm. in those situations. And it frees, especially like the worship team when they're missing chords or making mistakes, it frees them up 
to be uh, to be learners and growers and, and not feel like they have to get everything just right. And so I think maybe, yeah, I think standing up in front and saying something is good, but I think even more so than that is building a culture where you're willing to show your own faults to your students as well. Yeah, that's, that's helpful. I mean, yeah, leading by example there. Yeah. Um, that's some good advice for sure. And, uh, I, you know, I guess this serves as a good segue, especially, I mean, your comment on the guy who reached out to you and said, Hey, this is your job, Joe. Um, <laughs> as, we, as we get into the discussion tomorrow, you know, what do you do as RWAM's music resources coordinator? So we'll be letting people know a little bit about that. And again, uh, a, a lot of the reason we're having Joe on this podcast is because RYM is releasing a new album, which we'll talk about, um, I think, on Wednesday. Uh, but anyway, Joe, thanks for your time. Good catching Thank up. Thank you. Yeah. We'll be talking to you tomorrow. Absolutely. Absolutely.